Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Monergy Life. This is your host, Robert Fisher. And I am so pleased tonight to welcome our guest, John Gallo, who was first on the show back in May of last year. I believe it was May 19th. I first met John at the beginning of last year, so I've known him a little over a year. And he was introduced by a mutual friend of ours. And I have to say that knowing John for the last year has been one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Just to recap a little while waiting for John to call in about what we discussed back in May of last year, uh, John had a more or less traditional life as a publisher when about seven or eight years ago he decided to get off the hamster wheel, get, off, get out of the rat pack, and to become enlightened. And when I first heard John's story about a year ago over lunch, it really, really amazed me because so many people are dissatisfied with their situation in life, but John actually took measures to change it. And there's John now. Let me bring him on the air. John, is that you? Yes, it is. Welcome, my friend, to Monergy Life. Thank you for having me, uh, Robert. I was just uh, briefly telling our listeners about the last time you were on. And believe it or not, it was back in May of last year. It was May 19th. And just talking briefly about what got you on the path to consciousness. Um, And I don't want to spend that much time in this show talking about that, but I think it's really worthy of just a brief recap of what happened to you and what you did uh, to change the pattern of your life? Well, basically, uh, what happened was I was at a point in my life where I, it just, I just didn't feel right. Uh, a lot of stress, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I felt like a, a hamster on a hamster wheel, you know, going around in circles and not getting anywhere. And... I just decided to, I, I, I mean, I, I knew that there had to be another way, another way of living that was different, that was better than the one that I was uh, living at that point. And so basically, in a nutshell, I took my focus from the outer world and put it within to my spiritual being. Practically speaking, what steps did you take to implement that plan? Well, it's very, it's going to be very difficult for me to now to like say, but let me tell you from my perspective today versus where I was. The most important thing that I have found throughout all of these years, all of these books and all of the meditation is today I know without a doubt that I am a spiritual being having a human experience in a vehicle that they call the body. Now, This body is made up of the sense of identity, the spiritual, uh, the uh, uh, mental body, the emotional body, and the physical body. Now, I know 
that I am not that. But I also know that I am the master of that. And the way that I master that is by looking at John's thinking, because I am not John. John is my tool with the body and all of these components to experience the material world. So it was a journey from without to within. Correct. Give our listeners an idea of where the external parts of your life was like before you made this journey. What was your family condition? What was your work condition? And how did you switch those around to embark on this path? Well, basically, at that point in time, we, uh, I owned a publishing business that I had owned for 18 years with my wife and uh, publishing magazines. And so basically, one day, I just told my wife that I'm not going to do this anymore. And I just quit my business and I just, you know, stopped doing that. And I basically, about a year and a half, more or less, off of doing nothing except reading books and meditating uh, and finding that which I was looking for. What were you looking for? the truth of existence, of being. And that is, I am a spiritual being having a human experience, and when I leave the body, I will be still be me. That's a, a fairly profound conclusion to have come to. And it's also true that you had children, you had a wife, you had a house. You told me this story, and let's just go over it really briefly about one day how you were carrying water into your house and you realized how lucky you are and you were filled with gratitude. Could you please share that with the listeners? Yes. Um, it was at, at that point, uh, which was at the end of uh, the, the cycle of where the whole of the energy shifted, uh, and that it was very pronounced in my, my memory. I was carrying water because we had no running water in the house uh, for about uh, three months. I don't know exactly what point of those three months it was. Uh, and uh, I used to, uh, my neighbor would give me uh, a hose through the fence in order to fill these five-gallon buckets of water so I could flush the toilets inside the house. And so uh, on my way inside the house, I stopped and I just say it within myself, you know, I thank the Creator for allowing me to have this experience. And I knew that this experience was going to pass. Like everything in the material world will pass. There is no permanence. But at that point, that gratitude, that thankfulness took me, it was like a quantum leap in consciousness. And for our listeners who are not aware of this, this incident occurred in the middle of Coral Gables, Florida, not in the boondocks. No. Correct? No. no. Correct. Uh, 
this story reminds me a lot of the opening to The Power of Now where Eckhart Tolle talks about his time on a park bench, just just meditating and just being for like a year to two where he did nothing but just sit there. And, you know, it's funny that you mention it because it's true. And uh, I can tell you that I have had, I had my awakening because of the, the book of Eckhart Tolle. Uh, he has in the beginning of the book uh, where he says, become the watcher of your thoughts. And I said, what the hell is he talking about? How can I? And all of a sudden, it was this epiphany. Boom. Oh, my God, I am going to watch John's thinking. And for about a year and a half, uh, I would talk about John in the third person in order to me to internally grasp this concept. And so I would say, John, this and John, that, and everybody would look at me and say, you have really gone crazy, you know, (laughs) but it was... But it was my way of coming to look at the thinking because the thinking is part of the material world, but I am not the thinking. I am the master of my thinking. Let's, not, um, let's just stop for one moment because you raise a, a very crucial first step, first point. How would you help our listeners begin to watch their own thoughts and observe themselves? What pointers could you give? Uh, that's very, uh, very interesting. Is uh, I remember at the really beginning of this, uh, this awareness and this uh, practice that I would get up, um, I leave the house, and then all of a sudden I would start a inner conversation of the person that I was going to see. And then I would say, uh-uh, John, we're not going to go there, and I would slap myself, okay? And we have internal conversations, and those internal conversations, the thinking is, in my opinion today, is the steering wheel, if you will, for the creators, or God, if you want to call it, energy and power. That is how we create. So we're creating unconsciously all the time. And that's why people, you know, the, the biggest word, the mistake people can make is worrying, meaning thinking about that which they don't want. Okay, so it's basically looking at the conversations that we have internally. In other words, watching those conversations with ourselves. Exactly. Observing them. That's the first step. That has nothing to do with anybody else. Exactly. Absolutely. And for all our listeners, let's be honest, we all have these conversations in our mind about any number of things, any number of issues. So that's the first step to begin to watch those issues. Now, as we watch those issues, what's likely to come up? What are we likely to observe when we begin to watch our thoughts? How little control we have had over our existence. And while I don't want to get too far ahead in the conversation, because we're going to cover this, but just to sort of bring our listeners full circle for a moment, and that's because our thoughts create our reality, right, John? So when we have no control over our thoughts, we basically have no control over the reality that we manifest. Absolutely. 
we are, and the thing, uh, and the tricky, the, the, the thing about this reality is that we're creating our reality consciously or unconsciously. It's happening. So the first step is to begin to watch your thoughts. Now, for some listeners, this is a radical first step because nobody's ever even suggested you could do that. And some of the people listening may find it difficult to do, but is there any advice you could give to people who are just embarking on this path and really want to try it? What would you suggest? What kind of advice could you give for this very first step? Well, it's like riding a bike. No one got on top of a little bike and started going, you know, at five miles per hour. No one did that. Uh, probably the first step was the training wheels, okay? And for a long time, you spent on that training wheel. And then all of a sudden, after maybe a year or maybe two, okay, those training wheels were uh, removed. And probably there was one, two, three, or four, five falls. One, until one got up and started going. But like the bicycle, once you learn it and once you are aware of it, you can never not know how to ride a bike. It is never undone. And that's the beauty of this. Okay. So now we've got, we've got some of our listeners on this path to watching their thoughts. What comes next? Then it's the uh, you only think about that which you want. You never think about that which you don't want. And to know... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, just for a moment, explain the importance of that, because that's a very, very important, let's say, second step for our listeners. Why is that so important to everyone? Okay, well, basically is this. If you, anyone were to close their eyes, everything disappears. Okay, but everybody knows that still by closing their eyes and not seeing anything with the physical eyes, everybody knows I am, I exist. That existence is what we really truly are, a energy, okay, with intelligence and awareness of being. That's what we are. So... Well, the only thing is, John, I, I want to interrupt you for one moment because I don't think that's what the common perception is as to who we are. That's that true, is, because the I, common, what we are taught, okay, is totally right. the opposite of this truth because in order to control us, they don't teach us the truth. <clears throat> we'll get it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, but I think it's important for our listeners to um, to have – the information that we're giving them, but also to recognize that traditional conditioning does not teach people that that's who they are, a spiritual being temporarily in a human form. Um, So when you say close your eyes and you see who you are, for most people, this is if, if they're not on the spiritual path already, this is going to be somewhat foreign to them. That's why I wanted to mention that is, it is contrary to what most people are taught in traditional conditioning. Absolutely, because all of the world's organized religions teach about separation. There is a God out there, and there is you here. And in order to get closer to that God out there, you have to follow these steps that we're going to teach you. 
We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. I don't want to get into that quite now, and I totally agree with that. I I would just like to keep it simple right now and go through some steps. So the first step would be observe your thoughts. The second step would be to understand who you really are, correct? Right. And then the third step would never think about that things that you don't want. And and the reason for that is... What is the reason for that? Because, like I said before, the thinking is the steering wheel wheel for God's energy and power. So God really has no... Okay, first let me go through my concept, my belief system, which is no thing can exist outside of the mind and being of the creator. God, if you want to call God. Repeat that and let's break it down a little bit for people. Nothing can exist outside of the intelligence mind or the being, the body, of the creator. All creation is within the creator. Okay, let me stop you here because here again, this is a concept that, that might shock some people listening and might be contrary to people who are conditioned to believe this building exists, this car exists, my job exists. And people don't often associate any of these things with the creator or divine energy. Isn't that correct, John? Absolutely. It's not only divine energy, divine intent and divine intelligence. Right. So when you say that, this is another concept that people have to sit with. And that's why I think if we spend a few moments breaking it down, it might be helpful to some of our listeners for whom this is a, a novel concept. Because so many people are taught, I am my job, I am my family, I am the car I'm that I mother, drive. I'm a mother, I'm a father. Right. I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm a this, I'm a that. What do you say to people who, say, who would say to you, well, prove to me that that's the case. How do I know that's true? Give me some proof. Well, uh, anything that you can look at, in any of your anyone's lives, that at the moment that it was happening, it was probably the most difficult and, and hor- horrendous. It could have been horrendous, but even that passes. It has no permanence. Everything in the material world has no permanence, and it's never have and it never will. But that which allows the material world to exist and for us to be aware of that that has, is, and shall be. And that is our true identity. That's what we are. Because there is no separation from the Creator, God, and us. There is only one in existence. Expressing itself, multiplying by everybody that exists. Uh, Not to overload anybody who's listening to the show, which... I'm trying not to do, and I'm sure you're with me on that. But isn't it also true? And, and here again, we're just throwing this idea out, and we may come back to it later on in the show, that everyone is really one, one spirit, and there's an illusion of separateness every, that most people just assume as natural, but it's really just an illusion. Correct. And uh, if you, you would uh, look at uh, the Buddhism, they call it Maya. Uh, the, the Sufis would call it the veil. 
and all of the, you know, the world's religions call it something different. But it's basically, the material world is nothing. I look at it today like a video game, okay? We are here in this little body picking up this, and we're playing all of these parts with everybody else that we have uh, um, relationship with, which are agreements of, of having, so that we can learn by our choices there. Every time there is a choice, there is a reaction to that choice because we create it. And then the, the, I remember I used to blame everybody else for those things that would happen to me until I came to know that it was I who was creating it so that I would learn or unconsciously creating it, but then I would see the results of my creation. And most people are creating things that they don't want. Okay, we're getting, here again, we're introducing some concepts that might or might not be somewhat foreign to some of our listeners. The whole idea that we make choices in every moment of our existence and those choices manifest into our physical reality is for many people quite a shocking and threatening concept. Okay, and I and that's understandable because it's, at the beginning I too was you know a very it was very shocking and it would took me it was like uh, carrying belief systems that I had believed all my life that I was taught to be true, taking them and let, dislodging them from my being. Exactly, and. Here again, um, if, if some of these um, concepts are threatening to some of our listeners, that's why I keep mentioning this and I'm trying to dissect them as we go along. Because what we're really talking about here is a change in belief system. And John, you and I have talked about this many times. For many people listening, it's going to come as quite a shock to them that all their conditioning that they thought was so true, they could toss out the window. What do you say to these people? Absolutely true. And this is the, we imprison ourselves by the belief systems that we have accepted. Now, the good news is we are powerful, infinite spiritual beings having a moment in in eternity encased in, in, in a vehicle called the body. And the good news is that once we come to know who and what we are, we can have, we have the power to change. And we can take any belief system and say, up until today, and from today on, I'm no longer going to believe it. And it's basically, a belief is basically a software that you're working in the computer. You accepted that this is true. You installed the, that belief system, that operating system in the computer, and then from ever on, that operating system is going to be operating subconsciously until you take it and you bring it up and say, no more. And it's like removing the software from the computer and throwing it away and then replacing it with a new operating system, a new belief. And that's how now, simple it really is. You just mentioned a term which I was just about to come to and introduce into the conversation, and that term is thought form. For many people, they've never even heard this bantered about. Let's talk about what a thought form is and how important it is to this whole construct. Okay. 
Well, the thought form is nothing more than a uh, a word or a picture that we carry in mind. That's what a thought form is. And what happens is that thought form is our reality that we're creating, and the outer world is going to reflect that reality or belief system back to us. But the good news is that if you don't like something in your life, you can change it. Right. Well, I, say, I, I don't want to overload people about that because first we're talking about the creation of the reality. We'll talk about uncreating that reality and changing it in a moment. But the whole idea of a thought form in your mind preceding the physical reality is something that's worth talking about for a few minutes. When, when okay. I first heard this expression from you, John, it took me a while to grasp it. Now I understand how true it is, and I'll tell you why, and maybe this will help some of the listeners for whom this is a novel concept. Before anything occurs in my life, I've watched my thoughts, and I could actually catch myself with the thought before the reality comes into fruition. The thought form precedes the manifestation of that reality in every instance in life. And, you know, this is where all of the organized religion, especially the Judeo-Christian religion, uh, said that the creation was the word. But they missed out because before a word can be uttered, there has to be a thought. So creation is mental. It is thoughts, not the word. The word is secondary to the thought. And this is where the power of a thought form, because, and again, let's go back to what I said before. Uh, the thinking, the human thinking, is the steering wheel for the God's power and energy. So when you create a thought form, a thought, that energy comes in and you will be, see it reflected back to you. Okay, we're going to talk about the mirror effect in greater detail in a few minutes. But there's something, since we mentioned the concept of divine energy, in a non-sectarian way, I want to talk a few minutes about the divine power that every human being possesses within themselves, not external to them. Because most of the major religions teach that that power of God is external to human beings. When you and I have discussed this many times, and one of the things we've talked about is how the divine energy, such as it is, is within everybody, is accessible to every human being, but nobody is taught that they possess it. Well, the thing is this, and I want to go a little bit even further, nobody, I don't have any real power of what I am doing is using the Creator's power by with my thoughts, fearing it. And the Creator is, in fact, the only power because I and the Creator are one, and so is everybody else. So there where it comes the use of power, and we do it by choice, free will. We'll get into free will in a minute, but I want to make it very clear to the listeners about what we're talking about here that the power to affect one's physical reality and, and almost every aspect of one's life is within, not without. 
And, we, right. and tra- traditional conditioning teaches people that it's external to us, that we have to bow down to various gods or various entities or worship various people in the past. But I think what we're talking about is that every human being possesses that power. And this is a huge uh, turnaround, and it's 180 degrees from what most people are taught in traditional conditioning or most of the traditional religions, except for maybe Buddhism. Uh, so this is something that's worth talking about. We'll talk about free will in a few moments, but uh, what, are your, what are some of your other thoughts, if any, about this? Because I think this is central to the process for people to realize about the power that they possess within them. Well, I'm going to uh, say this and uh, to all of the listeners and everybody because this is my belief of truth. You are God. You are not different than God because there is only God. Could you repeat that, please? You are God. You are not different than God. Because there is only God. Very interesting. And I think it's fair to say that this is one of the central elements of this entire belief system that we're talking about here. Uh, to explain how thought forms precede the physical manifestation of things, how everybody has access to the divine power within them. And it's not a religious issue, right, John? It has nothing to do with religion, none of this. Well, everybody has access because everybody is, because no, no thing can exist outside of the divine power. And no thing can exist outside of the divine intelligence. Right. And the reason that this concept may seem so novel and foreign to some of our listeners is because... We're living in 2014 in an era very much dominated by the media, and the media is giving us pretty much the opposite message, along with schools and religious institutions, that everything is external to us. Get this car, and you're going to be considered this. Achieve this status, go to this school, and this is who you are. This is becoming who you are, and you're so much better than everybody else. What do you say to people who have spent their entire lives striving for this type of external acceptance, John. What would you say to these people now? Well, I can guarantee that there are going, that nothing in the material world, be it wealth, be it position, be it power, can give you joy or peace. Joy or peace because of our true inheritance and our true identity comes from the achieving the knowledge and achieving to know the knowledge of who and what we are. And until we come and look for that and fulfill that, nothing in the material world can satisfy us. It can satisfy us for a very short amount of time. When we get a new car, when we get a new home, when we get married, when we fall in love, 
look at how many uh, falling in love. And you take that and to six months out or eight months or a few years out, and that first love is no longer exists if it's not something beyond the physicality of that relationship. And, you know, right here is a good time to make reference to a book that I recently read called The Fifth Agreement by Don Miguel Ruiz. Fantastic book. I totally recommend it to all our listeners, in which he talks about how every one of us is walking around in our own virtual reality or dream, and it's all created by our thoughts. Everything. And the question when you meet somebody and you're being offered some type of an interaction with that person, do you want to participate in their dream? Do you share it? And in so many cases, uh, John, as you and I have talked about on numerous occasions, people will try and impose their version of a dream upon you. And that's one of the main reasons why there's so much conflict in this world, why there are wars, why there's poverty, because there are certain individuals who are looking to impose and not allow people to be, to just simply be. Exactly. And that is one of the, because the most important, if we were created and we were given by the divine creator, free will, that is universal truth. And so to try to impose your will upon another being, that's just not right. And it will not be right. Well, why do you think our society is so based upon dominating various, uh, various interests? Why is that such a strong motivating factor for so many people in so many professions if it's so destructive? How did this, how did this happen? We, in because our sense of separation from the Creator and our sense of error on who and what we are. Once you come to the knowing that I am a spiritual being and I am going to be using this body for a little short time, and when I leave this body, I will continue to be, not in this form, so why should I worry about that which I am leaving? Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not here enjoying the physicality of it, because I do enjoy life, but this is not it for me. This is only a piece of a, a, a video game where I, or a theater. I'm playing this part right now. I have played many others, and I don't know if I'm going to come back and take a body again, but if I should, I mean, I could play a lot more parts. But I am not the part. I supersede that part. Basically, you're, you're echoing what I said a few moments ago, that we're all basically walking around in a virtual reality or a dream state created by our own thoughts. Uh, exactly. So the, so the question is, do you want to play in someone else's dream or virtual reality? That's what it becomes. Now I think is a good time to talk at some length about the concept of free will. How did you first discover free will? And 
how do you see it as part of this belief system? Well, uh, free will is a very uh, important part of this whole thing. And one of the things that I have learned is to, I don't care if anyone else believes what I believe. I don't care to have any followers. I don't care to have uh, and make an impact on anybody because I don't need that. I do not want that. I don't, when I say something, there is no attachment to the words that I'm saying about how I'm going to impact anybody because I allow everybody their choice of experience. And to me, that is good because there cannot be anything that opposes the creator. And so let's go back to the same thing because anything that you take and you take it to the first cause, first cause I mean the creator. There's nothing that can exist outside of the creator. And there is uh, the mind or the being. So it's only the creator. So who am I to say this guy did something wrong or that one did something wrong. No, it's only a choice, and it's not, it has no permanence in creation. Okay. It's a snapshot let me, in time. Let me stop you for one moment here because you're introducing another element, and I want to clarify that somewhat for the audience. You are also suggesting that one should be completely non-judgmental. Exactly. Because Which from, there, how for can many I people... Right, but for many people, John, this is also a real foreign concept and something very novel, correct? Correct, because everybody is taught this is good, this is bad, this is about the, this rule, that rule, and, and if you don't follow these rules, you're no good. So why and, would it be of someone's benefit who's listening to try and become less judgmental in their everyday life? Can you possibly describe some byproducts that might result to somebody you have freedom you have you're walking into freedom you're walking into joy and you're walking into peace well how does that naturally follow I mean for instance if I'm walking down the street and I see two people um, throwing garbage on the street, and I say to them, you're a bad person, you're throwing garbage. Are you saying that I should just ignore that situation? Well, if you ignore it or not, who are you to say to the creator, you made a mistake by allow, creating this uh, being and allowing him to do this? So you're advocating... Uh, complete uh, for people to uh, move towards a completely non-judgmental state about everything and everybody. At the end of the day, when you leave your body, all of those judgments are going to be worthless. So why worry about things that has no permanence? There's nothing... This is like a dream, like a prop. The material world is like a prop. And it has no permanence in reality, in the real reality, which is the spiritual reality. So by judging something, I'm really judging the creator that is allowing it from his being and his intelligence to be. 
uh, as an adjunct to this concept of being non-judgmental, let's talk about something that's very similar to judgment, which is gossip. Uh, most people engage in gossip quite routinely, quite unconsciously, and for many people, this is a normal part of life. So if we're suggesting to people that, that they should stop gossiping in their life, what would be the rationale for that, John? Well, it's because when you're gossiping, you're saying about somebody that you are judging the other person to be wrong in some situation. And I no longer want to be the judge of anybody or any situation, except I want to judge my thinking and what John is thinking because I want to be able to control that. I want to master my thoughts because by mastering my thinking, I can write my destiny. So the only judgment that I can have is of me, of my thinking, because that's the only power that I have to change. I don't have power to change anyone else. And so I allow the free will. Right. Isn't it interesting that we live in a world in which 99.9% of the, of the population operates on a whole different wavelength, in which people are always trying to change other people's behavior to suit their own or to dominate other people or control them? How did things get so off, and how have things become so flipped from the way things should be? What's your take on that, John? It's about it started many billions of years ago when we spiritual beings first started to hit into the material world and we got we came down we got bodies and they evolved it became more mechanical and the more that we came here the more that we started to accept the uh, belief system of separation from the creator and all of the other beings and all of the creation and then that's where you started to the re, what you call reincarnation, picking up the body, because when you leave your body, and this is something, you're going to have the same belief systems that you're in the body without the body. The only difference is with the body, there is a, 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 a time span before you see your creation mirrored back. When you are without the body, that's more instant. That's a fascinating concept for people to grasp, that they're going to take the same consciousness with them when they're no longer in their body, because most people are not because I mean, come on, and the easiest way to see this is when you go to sleep, you're gone, right? Nobody knows what, I mean, yeah, you can resume, okay, but when you wake up the same morning, the next morning, you still have the same belief system. Right. And... Leaving the body, or what people can call, because I don't call it dying, because there is no dying. There is only the, uh, uh, the dropping of the garment, the chain, you know what I'm saying, the releasing of the physicality of this thing. And we continue to be. We are going to have the same belief system when we drop the body as the same one when you wake up the next day or you wake up from a nap. So you're suggesting that when people commit suicide to try and avoid their problems, it's a big waste of effort because they're bringing their problems with them. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, they're going to, they're going to see all of those uh, mental thought forms manifest even faster. That anguish, 
that pain and that suffering is going to be more acute and more, um, it's going to be instant. Because we are powerful beings. We are one with the creator. So we have the same abilities. Well, that raises a very interesting point also that you and I have discussed uh, quite a few times. And it's, uh, it's worthy of introduction at this point, which is the worldwide shift in consciousness that's occurring. Could you give us your thoughts on that? Well, uh, this is, again, my belief system, and I really don't, uh, it doesn't matter to me if anybody believes what I believe or not, but all that I know from the shift there is now what I call an ascension of the energies of the earth. And what, is that, what does that mean time, exactly? The ascension is when you start to move up in a vibratory existence and you're able to look at the outer world from a different vantage point, a different perspective, okay? And this is happening as a collective part of the earth right now and it's going to come a point that those beings that do not want to awaken when they release their bodies again the next time that they're going to be able to take a body it's going to be in another sphere that is not going to be earth that is going to be a lot more denser in uh, consciousness if you will now based on on that statement, uh, it, it, it just shows the importance of people to become more aware while they're alive right here, right now. Absolutely. And, you know, and the key is we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. The only thing is, no, they didn't teach us this. We are not here to please God. We are here to express God, and that's a big difference. Why do you think traditional religion has not taught us that, though? Because how can anybody... If you give total freedom to the being, there will not be an organization. There won't be any outer rules to follow. So you're suggesting that this information that we're talking about has not been propagated so that certain institutions, well, let's, talk, let's, let's say that many institutions can control most of the human population and profit off of it. And they do. And they do. So it's incumbent upon those who choose to do so to take back their freedom and exercise it wisely. Exactly. And that's where the free choice, free will comes in. That's where uh, your choice, free will. Right. I'm, I'm glad we came back to that concept because we briefly touched on it about 15 minutes ago, and I'd like to explore that a little bit more before our first hour is up. So free will is one of the central ingredients to this whole new belief system. And free will is something 
Isn't it true, John, that every human being possesses, but not everybody realizes that they possess it? Well, because uh, people just believe something different. And, and, you know, and, and at the end of the day, Robert, it's okay. Because they're having their reality however which way they want to choose by their belief system. They're choosing the... A belief is like an operating system that you put in the computer. But in, in a belief is the operating system that we program our subconscious with. And so if I believe that there is a God out there and I am here and I have to do all of these things and I am not worthy enough, that's going to be my reality. But well, why do you think so many people buy into that, though? Again, because of the billions of years of the transition from picking up bodies and dropping them, picking up, and then wanting to come back. And every time we came back, it, our belief system started to change, and we became more believing that we were separate from the universe, everybody else, and God. It's truly an extraordinary thing to contemplate uh, that this new belief system is so far from most people's consciousness at this point, but I think it's fair to say that a lot of people are moving towards this consciousness right now as we speak. Oh, well, absolutely. And the key is we already have the basis. We are that. It's not that it's foreign to us, but it is foreign to us as far as belief system and concept. But it, we are that. And that's why there is not enough money, there is not enough power, there are not enough things to really, truly satisfy a human being. That's if one believes in a different belief system. Well, as long as you're looking for satisfaction and wholeness in the, mater- in the material world, you'll never get it. Right. In other words, from external things. Exactly. Because we are not an external thing. Right. But let's we are make it clear. the external thing. Right. But let's make it – I think this is a good time to also make it clear to our listeners that I don't think uh, John or I are advocating not taking advantage of all the material blessings that exist in this world. It's just that when you do it with a different consciousness, you're not attached to those things. You could just enjoy them for what they are. Absolutely. Uh, You know, it's like uh, I have no attachment to anything because I know that when I leave the body, I'm leaving everything behind. But in the meantime, I love beauty. I love quality. I love all of these things. I love them. But I am not them. I am using them. There is just... Right. So it's creating that... experience, if you will. Right. It's creating uh, a distance. It's creating some type of buffer zone, if you will, between yourself and all the things at your fingertips, all the people that you love. In other words, you can appreciate all that the world has to offer as long as you realize that it's a dream. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, that it's passing because there is no permanence on anything. Nothing. 
even you know the the, the and I remember going through all of these uh, times that I and there were nothing more than experiences to confirm these things that I had read and I have known that they were true. You know what I'm saying? And what I think, yeah, what I think we're also suggesting to the listeners is that if you start to implement this belief system that John and I are talking about, you acquire an increasing amount of peace of mind and an increasing amount of personal freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no doubt in my mind because... Uh, and you will also begin to see how other people change the way they look at you, the way they see you, the way they treat you. If everything is mirrored back to you, right. the only difference is now you're conscious of it, that before you were unconscious of it, and nobody stopped and said to you, this is how it works. Right. We haven't really talked extensively about the mirror effect, but we will. If not today, we'll do it next week. And just to remind our listeners, this is the first in a three-part series with John. And on the third part, we have a special guest joining us who will remain a surprise at this moment (laughs) to uh, further spice up the conversation. So uh, this isn't it, uh, listeners. And Um, I hope that we haven't introduced too many concepts to overload you guys tonight. Um, If you want to email me or John during the week, you can, because like I said, we'll be doing the second part of of this series next Thursday at 6 p.m. So, so John, it's a really incredible new world that's being created moment to moment by everybody who can adopt into this new belief system. And that's what we're suggesting to our listeners. And it may seem threatening, it may be frightening at this point, but look at the reality that's been created by people who are completely attached to the external world. It's a reality of chaos, intense competition with dubious results, and wars, poverty. So it's not a coincidence that many people are becoming turned on to this new way of thinking, this actual change in consciousness. Uh, And like you said earlier, John, there's an ascension going on in the earth. And uh, it's a very, very interesting time in which all of us are living. So uh, in the few remaining moments, John, um, is there anything that you'd like to talk talk about to our listeners uh, before next week, anything that comes to mind? Well, basically, you know, the, the and I'm going to go back to this, which might seem uh, very harsh or uh, difficult to understand, and I'm going to say this to all of the listeners. You are God. You are not different than God because there is only God expressing itself through you. You know, one of the things that I've discovered um, from talking to John or from implementing some of these elements that we're talking about today is a huge shift in my consciousness. And one of the main things that's happened to me is that I realize when I meet somebody that they're no different than me. In fact, they are me being reflected in me. 
And when you come to that realization, I have to tell everybody, it's just such a huge change in the way you behave every moment of every day. Because it becomes almost impossible to do any harm to anybody else when you realize you're actually harming yourself. That's one side effect. And you also realize that everything is a reflection of your own thoughts. So why would you want to create something negative in your life if you don't have to? Why would you want to put that on somebody else? And one of the things that I want to talk about next week, John, which you and I have spoken about and which I think is really extremely important, is the idea of projections. We won't get into that today. It's just to whet the appetite of our listeners. The importance of what you project, not only for yourself, but onto other people, either through your thoughts or through your words. We'll get into that next week. Uh, but this is really, really fascinating stuff. And uh, it's really amazing that when you implement even one of, the, one of the things that we're talking about today, for instance, for the people listening, if they want to, and here again, this is totally up to, up to you, up to your free will, not an obligation at all. But if you guys can make an effort to gossip less in the next week and share some of your experiences with us in the chat room next week, that would be awesome. Gossip less. See how you feel. See if it affects other parts of your life. See what we're talking about. So that's just one thing I could suggest to the listeners. Uh, but I keep coming back in my mind to this notion of free will because it is so crucial to what we're talking about and there are so many instances in life where people's free will is being stopped. Just look around us. How, there are so many people who would like to exercise their free will, and other people are attempting to block it and interfere. John, what would you say to people who find themselves... No, not only that. I want to like, like uh, expand, expound a little bit on that. Uh, we are judging other people's choices and free will all the time. And that is the biggest error because when we judge another being, we in essence are judging the creator that is allowing it to be. And nothing exists outside of the mind and being of the... I go back to this because once, once I finally grasp the totality of what the creator is mentally and expand it out, then I, anything that I take into that disappears. It, it's meaningless anymore. So that's a, tr that's, a, that's a great thing to also suggest to our listeners, if they choose to do so, not only to gossip less, if not at all, but also to stop judging anybody and anything in the next week. And come back at us next week and let us know if that's had any impact on your life and whether you're beginning to feel a change in your, in your own life as a result of that. John, we have just about a minute left from this fascinating conversation. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to what we're going to talk about next week, which, like I said, is going to be a continuation of this, and hopefully we'll have some feedback from you, the listeners, to talk about your own experiences in the, in the next week. Uh, John, it's such a pleasure to speak with you on every occasion, uh, and especially on the air today, because as we discussed earlier, it's going to be very interesting to see how these ideas are reflected back 
on us, on you and me, and in the, in the common uh, sphere out there in the universe. So uh, it should be a very interesting week, I think, for both of us. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We have about 13 seconds left. John, is there any final words? Thank, for the- thank you for having me, and I hope that everybody got a little something for their own uh, self. Uh, that's fantastic. I want to say good night to you, John, and to our listeners. This is Robert Fisher, host of Monday Life. Have a great evening. John, thanks so much for being on the show. Good night, everybody. Thank you.